Jake's Farming Now Podcast with your host, Jake All right, Solomon. welcome back to another episode of the Look Who's Bombing Now Podcast. Joining me today, uh, one of my oldest friends in Los Angeles, uh, Mr. Jeffrey Balding. Jeff, thanks for joining Hello. the show. Hello, Jake Solomon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, it's been good. It's been, uh, yeah, yeah it's Is been it? good. Yeah, I think so. I mean, All right. Do maybe. You, think so? you don't know? I, maybe. I don't know. You know, do you ever really know? Can you ever really know? I guess. I mean, that the, the answer that you just gave kind of answers the question, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm going for. So, uh, yeah, things are, you know, things are going. They're going. So. There's a lot of non-answers. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Good. So, you know, uh, a lot of platitudes, yeah. a lot of a lot of general vague statements. Yeah, exactly. Really doesn't let anybody in, doesn't let anybody see what you're really feeling, all that good yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. For people, yeah. Uh, a little backstory about Jeff and I. Jeff uh, is like one of the first people I met when I was thinking about moving to Los Angeles. This goes back eight, nine years, maybe something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Um, I was just a young Jake at the time I met Jeff and just man, it was so so scared to talk to him because I felt so <laughs> so self-conscious about every sentence. And you still do. I still am. <laughs> Everything I and say. And I feel like you're like that with everybody. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just so you. self-conscious about everything <laughs> you say, thinking that it's awkward. And the only thing that's making it awkward is you yeah. commenting on the fact that you think it's awkward, which oh, yeah. then makes the person feel like you want it to be awkward. Yeah, again, I, I think it's just with you, though. I think, I for whatever reason, I think it's... I don't know what uh, to tell you, man. I mean, I do have low self-esteem. That, that yeah, is universal, for sure. clear that. Yeah, I mean, most, yeah, yeah. most comics do mm-hmm. have a low yeah. self-esteem. You yeah. seem to uh, relish in that, though. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I, that means a lot. What do you from, appreciate? See what I'm saying? <laughs> this is <laughs> this is it right here, folks. I understand, like, nearly 10 years. <laughs> I always have to explain myself to Jeff is, is the point. You don't have to explain yourself. This, like, exactly, there's nothing exactly. to explain. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> a, that's it right there. That's, uh, I don't understand so, what the is. So Jeff has been a great uh, uh, ending. A, a, what, what would you call it? North Star, I guess, or maybe a mentor. <clears throat> would you call yourself a mentor? No. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think we have like there was a a span of time where we didn't see each other for like five, seven, six, seven years. Uh, I don't don't know what it's that. I I mean, there was the whole pandemic where we didn't. There was a pandemic, but like sometimes mentorships, there's kind of of some distance when you have a a mentor. Would you consider me a mentor? I mean, that's really the question. I I guess (laughs) if you considered me a mentor, then I'm not going to say, no, I wasn't for you. But if that's if that's something that you want to assign to me, uh, yeah, I think you know, I think I go to you quite often for advice, comedy or acting or writing stuff. I mean, you have definitely, yeah. but what do you mean by quite often? Um, I don't know. When I have a question, I feel like you're in the circle of people that I think of to reach out to to ask for. Well, I appreciate that, that means a lot. I, I appreciate that. I take that as a compliment, Very much like somebody would do with a mentor. Okay. Okay. All right, you know what? I'm not going to fight you on that. I'm not going to make you feel awkward about that. Yeah, uh, this was uh, this was the the best intro I think we've had on this show yet. I think just it, to, it really establishes just... what our relationship actually is. You know, it is. It's, as, it's uh, you know, you think of me as a mentor. I didn't think of myself as your mentor. You mm-hmm. know, it's uh, it's one of those things. But uh, I'll I'll accept it. Yeah. Uh, 
I appreciate I'll, mm-hmm. I appreciate it for the compliment that I see it as. Yeah. Um, and uh, and just know that uh, it's been acknowledged. Wow. That's, man, from, from you, that just means a lot. That's uh, that's incredible. So, um, wow. Well, this was great. Um, <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. Is that yeah, all our time? Yeah. That's, that, yeah. Have we gotten to the end of yeah, it? I think, yeah, this Zoom is giving us a bombing story that you were talking <laughs> this about. This was right? it. This was it. Uh, Jeff, what, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll dive into it. Um, people know enough about us. Uh, where did you get started in comedy? Was it when you moved to LA or was it? Um, yeah, essentially I started comedy when I moved to LA. I did one open mic in Kansas. Uh, I went to school in, at the university of Kansas and, uh, the last day, uh, that I was there, I did an open mic. My friend signed me up and, um, I don't like, it wasn't a bomb because I didn't know what bombing was at that time. But the first time I did it open mic, I just told a you had to be there story. Like it was yeah. funny, but you had to be there. So there's no ending to it. There's no punch punchline. There's no like whatever. But all my friends were in the audience who signed me up. So they were having a great time watching. So it was like I felt that it was like not good. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know, like, I, was, I just told a story on stage to my friends who were in the audience. So it wasn't like uh, that. I don't consider that my first bomb. It was the first time I had ever done stand-up, but it wasn't like I wouldn't consider it my first bomb. Um, then I moved out to L.A. I started stand-up pretty quickly after I moved out. I did a lot of street performing early on to try to make a living and stuff like that. Street and, like juggling and stuff? no. Oh, um, not like, like a, a mime, blue man group. No, type stuff. no, mm-hmm. no, not, not mm-hmm. at all. Oh, okay. uh, I, I would play the piano. I would oh, but yeah. Songs, <laughs> I would, you know, it's like, uh, what have you known sense. me to juggle? That's, I don't know. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if, if like we didn't know each other and I, I dropped street performing and you're like, oh, like juggling, that'd be like a legitimate question. But as you stated at the beginning of the podcast, we've known each other for eight years You've never known me to juggle any, think, anything. I mean, that's true, but maybe it's just one of those things. There's a lot I don't find out about my friends until they get on the pod, and then I found yeah, out. Yeah, but you, know, you said that I was your mentor, so you, you'd think you'd know a little bit more. But sometimes mentors keep things behind the curtain a little bit. They don't want to show any vulnerabilities. You know, when you're juggling, you're very vulnerable. So, Are you? I think so. I mean, yeah, I guess so. You're juggling yeah. things in the air. You, you have to pay attention. You, you can be vulnerable to outside attacks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, acknowledge that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You know, that's I'm, my- I I am curious on your the first mic. Your friend signed you up. Was this yeah. kind of like uh, you're in college? You're in college, right? Yeah, we we graduated college. We were it was the last like we were done with school. Okay, it was the last week in town. Got so was it something you had thought about like? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, well, I had okay. thought about it. You know, I always want. I knew that I was moving out to LA. I always wanted to try stand up um and we went to this place called the jazz house where i performed a lot like i did i was uh i performed at the jazz house a lot uh as a drummer um and um musician and stuff like that and i would just go it was one of my favorite places um and the last night they just had an open mic night uh comedy poetry music whatever you wanted to do you just sign up and you do your thing nice um and, you know, it was kind of the last hurrah last week of uh, being in Lawrence. And um, 
They're like, we're gonna, you're gonna do stand up tonight. You're gonna do it. And it's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. And then they're like, we signed you up already. It's your turn. You go up. And I was like, all right, let's, let's, let's do this. And I went up, and uh, it was what it was. You know, I, it was. I, I told, uh, what, I told a story about how I had one time partied with Flavor Flav. And, oh hell yeah! Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a, you know, it was a fun story to tell. Uh, but it was, it didn't have an ending. Like it had no ending. It was just like, and then I stopped hanging out with him and that was it. Didn't you know, like there was a bunch of funny moments within it, but like, you know, if I told it now, I, I could construct it and put it into a set and have it be Mm -hmm. a decent stand up set. But at the time it was just like, and then this happened Mm -hmm. and then this happened and then it was done. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just like nothing, very, you know, first time doing whatever, you know. Did, did you have any experience on stage or performing prior to that? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I said that I uh, performed there a lot as a musician. Um, and I uh, had, you know, I spent my life doing plays and theater and things like that. So I've, I've been on stage pretty much my whole life. Mm, um, okay. So the stage, never really frightened me. Um, mm. But just the skill of stand-up was something that I'd never touched before, you know? But what, I mean, what, what do you consider a bomb? Well, it's very subjective, but that's why I wanted to hear. That's like, why maybe, I asked you what you consider a bomb. Uh, what do you consider a bomb? I mean, it's not, it's, it's not a subjective thing. It is I'm asking subjective. you, this is your podcast. Yeah. I, I would say so whatever you, you feel right like. to define what you feel is a bomb. I, I would feel like whatever you think is a bomb. Cause there's things, there's a bomb for you, which lack is of an answer. I, it's just, everybody's bomb is different. So, you know, it could be not getting any laughs or maybe you try to riff or do some crowd work and that, you know, didn't go well, but the rest of the show went well, but you kind of bombed cause you thought you lost the crowd. Yeah. I'm glad I agreed to do this. <laughs> this is going to probably be our most uh, most watched episode, I would imagine. Is it? I'll put a clip out there, a video, though, unless you don't. You don't have to. So you move out to L.A. <laughs> and then... Moved out to L.A. Moved out to L.A. I already established. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know... Recapping. Yeah, I'm trying to set the table again. I got you. you. I to, understand. You move out to L.A., uh, and then did you know that you really wanted to pursue comedy at that point? Or is it something that you don't, had only just done once? Uh, that I, you- so I always knew I wanted to do something in comedy. I wasn't sure um, what that would look like. Um, I knew that I wanted to try out for the Groundlings. I knew I wanted to do something in entertainment. Um, and so, you know, in order to afford the Groundlings, I had to, you know, do a lot of street performing. I made enough money that I could... Uh, audition and I got in and I was able to um, do the school. So, you know, I'm not on the main stage, but I was in the uh, Groundlings training school. And through that, I met a friend of mine, uh, Josh Duvendeck, who's hilarious actor, comedian, um, stand up sketch, uh, really great, great guy. And I went to one of his, he was doing stand up and I went to one of his shows and that's where I first saw kind of the stand up world in LA. Uh, was through him. And I just kind of fell in love. I, I fell in love with the idea of doing stand-up. I was reading Rodney Dangerfield's book at the time, which, you know, he's one of my favorite comedians of all time. And um, 
his book just was a really great inspiration to me. It was essentially like, if you want to be around comedy, if you want to do comedy, you got to be around comedy. So just, you know, be at the clubs, be at places where comedy is happening. And so I started doing that. I went to one of his shows, which was at a club um, that was in the Valley. It's not there anymore. It was called Spotlight Comedy Club. Um, And I talked to the guy who I thought was the owner of the club. Uh, I asked him how I would go about doing or working there. And he was like, oh, well, are you a comedian? And, you know, I didn't. I was like, if that helps. Sure. Yeah, sure. (laughs) You know, because my goal was just like get a job at the club, start working there, maybe, you know, do five minutes at the end of each night, you know, while people are cleaning up. You know what? I didn't know how it Mm -hmm. worked. I was just looking for any in, you know, I was looking for any in. Um, And he was like, oh, give me your information. You know, I'll I'll uh, I'll hit you up. I was like, "Okay, great. And then I as a follow up question, I was like, well, uh, how do I go about like working here? Is there an application I need to fill out? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, I don't work at this venue like i just deal with comedians and i was like oh like in hindsight you know it's like this is this guy's just a promoter he's just a mm-hmm. producer of a comedy show he did like the space yep. was given to him you know whatever uh but i had no idea i was like oh well this was a waste of a conversation i you know like i'm trying to get into comedy what am i what am i doing here mm-hmm. um the next day he calls me he's like hey do you want to do our saturday show and i was like it's too soon. I, I have nothing prepared. I have I, no, I don't. Yeah. But in my brain, I'm like, I'm going to say no. And he's going to ask me another date later on down the line. So I'm going to have time to write out the perfect five minutes, the perfect, you know, I'm going to, and I'm going to prepare it and I'm going to sculpt it and it's going to be hmm. great. So I go, no, I, I can't do Saturday. I'm booked already. There you go. And he goes, oh, well, how about Friday? And I go, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can. I can do Friday. <laughs> so you, you gave yourself less time. I gave myself less time. <laughs> less time. Yeah. And so I'm like freaking out. I have no idea what I'm going to do. And it happens to be the high holidays that week. It's, you know, it's Yom Kippur or something. Mm. Or Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Uh, I think it's Yom Kippur because everybody was doing the uh, hit in the chest prayer in, oh, yeah. in the synagogue um and everybody was you know pending for their saying i'm just mm-hmm. like what is funny what do i say <laughs> to think of something um and i'm in temple i'm thinking like what do i say that's funny people have jokes about religion i could make a joke about religion i could do i could just what do i say about religion that's funny i you know if people ask me if i've read the bible i'm like i'm not into sequels uh, but i'm bum bum <laughs> um you know, so I was like, I, I'll come up with something on. And I just seen um, that they released a new Airbud movie at the time called Airbud Space Buddies, and I was like, I could relate that to like Scientology, and I could make that sort of thing. But then I was like, oh, but I can't like only shit on Scientology. I have to, I have to go after everybody. And so I looked up how many Airbud movies there were, and there were enough Airbud movies that covered each religion. Yeah. So I just. I, my first ever fully constructed stand-up, it was comparing each Airbud movie to each religion. So, you know, first one, Judaism, second one, Christianity, you know, and down the line, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I won't do the whole bit for you, but is that was the, the, that was the first bit I ever wrote in LA. And, and then that Friday came along and I did it and I did well, I did well enough that it was like, it was received well. I talked 
extremely fast, oh, yeah. but I got laughs. Um, and the guy asked me back and that's, and the next week. And I, and that was when I just started writing like a lot and it was just going, I was going really well. And honestly, the first three months was decent. Like I don't, I, I didn't feel like I had, you know, if I look back on my shows now, like back then I was like, Oh, I was horrible. I was bad, blah, blah, blah. But as far as the first bomb ever happening, it didn't really happen until I did the comedy store for the first time. Um, And so that was about three or four months down the line. I um, felt really good about my, I was like, I'm doing this. I'm like, I'm getting up all the time. I'm getting, you know, like one show's leading to the next, blah, blah, Mm. blah, blah. Um, And I do my first ever show at the improv on a Sunday night. And it's everything I could hope it would be. My dad flies out to watch. Oh, man. Robin Williams drops in because uh, Robin Williams is working on his Weapons of Self Destruction tour at the time. He goes up, you know, a couple after me, but like I was on the same state, like I was doing the same. Sh- I was like, I made, I made it. Yep. Like, this is it. Like, I fucking easy. Mm-hmm. That was on a that was on a Sunday, and then the following Friday, I was going to be doing the Comedy Store for the first time in the Belly Room. And after that show on Sunday, I was like. I got like, I'm fucking, it's fucking easy. I'm, this is the best. Yeah. Uh, then Friday comes around and it's a show that was called funny Fridays. Um, and it bringer show, uh, which for people who don't know, bringer shows are where, uh, you get stage time based on how many people you bring to the show. It's a, you know, got shitty your- thing. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so you whatever, have friends but- who are in good shape. If you don't have friends. It's you know, it's it's uh, basically if you're comfortable scamming your friends out of money, <laughs> then yes. better for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, you know, young comics sometimes that's their only way to get stage time, uh, and it sucks. But you know, there therein lies the rub. Anyway, um, I'm supposed to do the show, and my dad said how great the Sunday thing was, and so my mom flies out. Uh, for the Friday show, and oh, man. Uh, I'm like, I'm excited. It's my first time at the Comedy Store, legendary place. Blah blah blah. Uh, I go, the show starts at seven. I go up thirty fifth. Oh, so the show started at seven. I went up <laughs> so at around eleven thirty. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> And the person who went before me had brought like 25 people. Oh, and man. as soon as he got, who, who had been there since seven, mm-hmm. uh, waiting for him to go up. And so understandably, when he got done, they all got up and yeah. bolted as yeah. I was getting onto the stage. And it is to this day the worst bomb I ever had in my life. I, I was just going, I don't even remember what I was saying. It was just so horrendous. I literally was like, well, this was all a fluke. This was, I, I, I've never been good. I've never been talented. Everything up to this point was just me, you know, deluding myself. I was, uh, it it was wrong of me to even attempt this. (laughs) This was horrible. Uh, How many people were left in the crowd after that guy before his friends left? Uh, 17, maybe. Okay. You know, something, you know, it's you know the room fits 80 people mm-hmm. and so 20 people left the rest were comics 
and the audience of people who were going after me, you yep. know? Right. And so there was maybe, you know, 10 to 10 to 17. I, I don't remember. This is, you know, 13 years ago. You know, I, I'm not entirely sure, but um, it was just so bad that I was really ready. It's like, well, this was, I got to figure something else out. Uh, this was all a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and had I not had another show booked the Saturday night, it might have been it. Like that might have been it. Wow, like, that bad. It was that bad. Um, but I, I knew that I had another show the next night. I was like, well, I have one more show. And then I guess I just got to figure this out. I, you know, I, I got to figure out another thing that I want to do. And then I did the Saturday show the next night and it went well. It went really well. And I was like, oh, I, okay. That's the low of the lows. And this is the <laughs> high of the highs. I can, I can deal with that. I'll, yeah, yep. I can deal with that. <laughs> Good balance. You know, yeah. It's Did, essentially, you know, a drug user. It was like, oh, that was a really, you know, it was, it was bad. It was a bad, bad batch. Yeah. But this trip was amazing. Yeah. So, you know what? I'll risk, I'll, I'll continue yeah. to risk it. Is there, um, I'm curious for the, the show at the store, looking back, do you think there's a different approach outside of like the jokes? Is there no, like having the. Yeah, the, the jokes weren't the issue. The jokes, like, regardless of what like there was no possible way at that time at that level yeah of, for me personally like, some people are you know prodigies and could you know could work you know whatever it like i i only speak for myself at that time at that level i sure. it didn't matter if i had the best jokes in the world i was going to bomb like that mm-hmm. is just a fact that i know about myself from back then yep um i i had what i had and i just couldn't Fight, I couldn't dig myself out. You know, I was mm-hmm. digging deeper. You know, it was yep. just the Simpsons joke, dig up, stupid. Like, I, <laughs> um, yeah, I was just gonna, is was there, um, like knowing what you know now, obviously, like I wouldn't have been able to, you know, I, I think a lot of people their first year or even two getting comfortable enough to like really just be in the moment and address yeah. the awkwardness in the room. But it, if I you tried, could go back, you know, it was, I tried if, you know, like be in the moment. I, I was very clean cut at the time, not, you know, both beard wise and <laughs> material wise. I uh, very rarely swore in my act at all. Not because of any like, Oh, I can't swear. It's just, I just always believe that you should on, you should speak on stage how you speak, uh, in your natural vernacular, whatever's natural to you, that's how you should speak on stage. Like you're speaking to your, your best friends, how you would speak to your friends is how you should speak to the audience. I just didn't swear that much. You know, I never, I never really have. Uh, but that night I swore so much. It was so fucking ridiculous how like nervous and just like, I was just dying both inside and comedically it was so it's like and fucking blah 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 blah, fucking every other word and you know uh i tried to elbow in material that i thought would work but it was so you know obviously i'd handle it much differently now based on the fact that i wouldn't agree to do a show like that (laughs) you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like i you know it's i wouldn't go up 35th on a bringer show you know it's like oh no thank you i'll i I will pass on that opportunity thanks but Mm -hmm. even but if i had if i was doing that show now looking back like knowing what i know now and cetera, it's 
all you, and it's easier, everything's easier said than done. Um, but you just have to acknowledge the truth of the room. That's, that's a lesson I learned relatively early on in comedy. It was kind of one of my first breakthroughs again, happened in the belly room where it was maybe a year after that event where it was another, like, uh, you know, very few people were in the room. I was, was going up late and it was essentially just like, I just kind of sat down and I was like, okay, what are we, what are we doing? Like, let's, mm. let's acknowledge where we all are. Let's acknowledge what this is. We're at a comedy show. Let's have fun. Let's, let's do this. Let's relate to, let's not pretend that this is something different, yeah. you know? And so going back, I just really tried to be way more present than I was at the time. Cause at the time you're just rehearsed. I was rehearsed. I was yeah. trying to say the jokes that could work when you just need to be present. You need to feel the energy of the room and give it back. You know, what are you working on these days? What, what are next steps for you uh, in LA or just within the entertainment industry? <laughs> what are you working on? Um, yeah, man. Uh, I, I'm going on the road quite a bit, uh, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, happily that the world is open back up. I keep saying that, but it's been open for a while. Mm-hmm. I guess it's, mm-hmm. that's like, yeah, it's tacky for me to say now, but, um, I'm going, uh, so I don't know when you're releasing this. Um, but if it is before October 12th, if anybody, if any of your listeners are up in Seattle, October 12th, Wednesday, October 12th, I'll be headlining the, Crocodile Club in Seattle uh, at 7 p.m. Tickets can be found on my website, jeffreybaldinger.net, or just go directly to the Crocodile Club's website, or it's on my Instagram, at jeffbaldinger. If you're in Seattle, come out, see a show. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a great club, and I'm very excited. Awesome. Look at that. Well, folks, yeah, make sure you guys follow Jeff at uh, Jeff Baldinger on Instagram. Is it Twitter as well? Twitter, yep. And Twitter, and then jeffbalger.net for all these tour dates. Jeff, thanks so much for joining the show. Thank uh, you uh, for having me. This was fun. I know this has been a long time coming. We've been trying to uh, set this up for a while. Um, You're a busy man. I think that this is a good representation of our dynamic. I think so. Um, I think I might look like an asshole. I don't think so. I'm, I'll cut out a lot of the asshole parts too. So <laughs> I hope I don't come off as an asshole. It's not me. It's not my intent. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's okay. It, it comes across in the uh, light in which we try. I think we have a friendly, uh, it's funny to me, our banter. Uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be I great. Hope that, I hope. Here's what my hope is. I hope that you also think it's fun. <laughs> I do. I do think it's fun. Yeah. I think it's fun. Then I am the asshole. Like that, you know what I mean? Like then it is just I think this was one of the better ones. You had a great story and I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, I think it all, always helps too when you have a little bit bit of background to go into it and a lot of context to uh to back those up. So yeah, I think it was uh really good. I'm really interested to see how the how the viewers vote. Uh how many listeners do you usually get on on this thing? Do you know the analytics? Um uh, it's like twenty-ish. It depends on if the person shares it or not. But yeah, it's around you know, yeah. Well, I'll give it a share. Appreciate that. Appreciate you might that. get twenty-one because of that. Ooh, I man. Have, I have you got some a reach. mediocre uh amount of followers. Yeah. Tell you something, they 
they give me likes sometimes. Ooh, sometimes some likes. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can get you some more uh, seats in the crowd in uh, Seattle. Hopefully, oh, yeah. If you have any listeners in Seattle, or, or if your listeners know anybody in Seattle, please let them know to come out. It's going to be a really fun time. And um, I really appreciate you having me on, buddy. It's yeah. Been, thanks been for uh, absolutely. Thanks for joining, Jeff. And uh, we'll see everybody next time on the next Look Who's Bombing Now podcast.